أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته وانتبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد Alhamdulillah, by Allah's Father, we've made it to this Mubarak 21st night of Ramadan. It is the first night of the Ashara Awakhir of the last 10 days. Uh, these are nights uh, more so than all the other nights of Ramadan, although even in all the other nights, these are nights in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the decree commuting people's sentences in the hellfire. Allah ta'ala make us from those whose necks are freed from ever having to suffer the oppression of the fire. Allah Ta'ala make us from, from those who are free from ever having to suffer the torment of the fire. Allah make us free from anyone who ever has to be uh, uh, hurt or broken by the fire. I mean, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as is widely reported in Hadith, uh, when it came to these last 10 nights, he would become very serious about his deen. The time for joking is over. Obviously, he, he was always serious about his deen, but he would become even more serious and he would tighten his belt, uh, so to speak. And he would uh, uh, wake his family up and encourage them also to uh, strive and to exert themselves in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when he was asked, because Laylatul Qadr is one of these nights, when he's asked by Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, if, uh, if I should happen to think it's Laylatul Qadr and I have a chance to ask something, what should I ask? He said, ask Allah Ta'ala, Allahumma inna ka'afu wa tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. You can repeat with me, Allahumma inna ka'afu wa tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. Allahumma inna ka'afu wa tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. Oh Allah, you are the one who forgives completely. And you love that people should forgive each other completely. So forgive me completely. Allah, Allah Ta'ala gives such a afiyah and a afu, uh, uh, such a complete uh, forgiveness to all of us and to all of the people of the Ummah Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ameen. So tonight, mashallah, what a beautiful night to start uh, with Mawlana Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi's uh, 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 biographical uh, note and description uh, with regards to Mawlana Jalaluddin Rumi. Uh, a footnote that he uh, gives is that um, his uh, biographical material mostly is taken from uh, Qadi uh, Talamuz Hussein of Gorakhpur, his uh, Mirat, Miratul Masnavi, uh, uh, which he received the manuscripts of uh, courtesy of uh, his son. Uh, um, and so we begin uh, under the subheading of Rumi and his ancestors. Muhammad was his name. Jalaluddin was his surname, uh, meaning his uh, kunya. Uh, sorry, laqab. Uh, but he is. I don't think it's the proper use of the word surname. But in in the Muslim system, a person has an ism, which is their name, and then they have a laqab, which is a title, and then they have a kunya, like Abu this or Um that honorific it's oftentimes tra translated as but it's the abu this or abu that uh, muhammad was his name jalaluddin was his uh, 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 was his title 
and uh, he's common known as uh, Mulana Yerum or Rumi, meaning our master from uh, the lands of Rome. He belonged to the lineage of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the first Khalifa on his father's side, and that to that of Ali radiallahu anhu, the fourth Khalifa on his mother's side. Rumi's ancestors belonged to Balkh, a city in Khurasan, uh, uh, which is in modern-day Afghanistan. Balkh, a city of Khurasan, where he is stated to have been born. His forefathers were reputed for their learning and virtue, while his grandmother, uh, Malikai Jahan, was the daughter of the king of Khurasan, the Khurasan Shah. His father, Muhammad Bahauddin Walad, was perhaps born in 543 Hijri. While still an adolescent, Bahauddin Walad became... Uh, uh, so extremely learned that difficult problems pertaining to the law and religion were referred to him for solution. His erudition had earned him the honorific title of Sultan al-Ulama, the king of the scholars. Uh, he used to hold his assemblies like the courts of monarchs. His discourses ran from morning till midday uh, for all and sundry and after midday prayers for the selected few uh, to whom he expounded the mysteries of the true content of knowledge and faith. On Fridays and Mondays, he delivered public sermons. He had an imposing countenance and always appeared to be engrossed in his thoughts. Early education. Jalaluddin Rumi was born on the 6th of Rabi'ul Awwal, uh, the 604th year of Hijra. Bahauddin Walad entrusted him, meaning his father, entrusted him to the care of one of his disciples, Sayyid Burhanuddin for early education, who taught him four or five years in the beginning and then guided him again after the death of Bahauddin Walad in the secrets of the mystic path. Migration from Balkh The popularity of Bahauddin Walad and the great number of his disciples and followers made certain scholars jealous of him. In his lectures, he used to declaim publicly against the Greek philosophers and their rationalist followers. The same, you know, for those who didn't hear yesterday, we talked about uh, philosophy meant something very particular. It was kind of a, a, a pagan worldview, pagan cosmology um, that was oftentimes uh, taught with, um, with Mantik, with Aristotelian logic that the uh, ardent uh, uh, followers of Aristotelian logic sometimes kind of uh, lapped up with the use of logic but wasn't really part of it. I said that uh, um, a certain number of scholars may, were jealous of him in his lectures. He used to declaim publicly against uh, uh, Greek philosophers and the rationalist followers who had, uh, he said, thrown the scriptures over their backs and could not, therefore, hope for the blessings of God. These scholars could not, however, harm him as the Khurazm Shah was himself a devotee of, devotee of Bahauddin Walad. One, once the king who had come to pay a visit to the sheikh remarked, what a big crowd has gathered here. One of the scholars present at the moment readily added, Yes, and if something is not done to check his popularity, it might become difficult for the king to rule over them. Khurazm Shah took the remark to his heart and asked a scholar as to what should be done in the matter. The courtier, seizing the opportunity to malign the sheikh, advised the king to send the keys of the treasury and also the citadel to Bahauddin Walad with the message that since he already uh, reigned over the hearts of the people, it would be better that he had the keys as well. When this message was conveyed to Bahauddin Walad, he replied, Convey my respects to the king and tell him that I am a, reclu a recluse, having nothing to do with the treasure and treasures and arms. 
Um, I would willingly leave the country so the king may rule over it without any misgivings on this score. I would leave the town on Friday after delivering the last sermon. The inhabitants of Balkh were so much agitated at the news of Bahauddin's departure that the Khurazm Shah had to come along with his wazir to dissuade him from his intended migration. Bahauddin Walad, however, did not accede to the request made uh, by the king, who ultimately proposed that in order to avoid any tumult or agitation amongst the masses, Bahauddin might have to leave the city without letting the people know of it. Bahauddin agreed to this suggestion. He delivered his uh, last sermon on Friday and quitted Balkh uh, on the succeeding Saturday. In his public uh, discourse, he warned the king that the Tatar hordes would invade his kingdom soon after his departure. Uh, uh, the people everywhere on his way hearing of his arrival uh, 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 flocked to meet him and bring him uh, into their cities with honor. Thus he passed through Baghdad, Makkah Mukarramah, uh, Damascus and reached uh, 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 Malatia, a, a city uh, uh, on the upper Euphrates, um, where he remained for four years engaged in preaching and teaching. Uh, from there, Bahauddin Walad went on to uh, Akshahar, uh, a, a city I'm assuming is uh, in Anatolia, yeah. Uh, and from there to uh, 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 Larenda, uh, in, in the footnote it says also a city in Asia Minor, um, uh, which was a dependency of Konya. Uh, and so this is really interesting. There's a, there's a number of footnotes. The first footnote... Uh, with regards to uh, 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 to the comment of the jealous scholar uh, telling uh, the Khurazm Shah to tell Bahauddin Walid that you know that he he may as well have the keys to the treasury in the citadel. The footnote is a number of historians have attributed this conversation with the king to Imam Fakhruddin Razi. Uh, Qadi Talamuz Hussein, however, holds it to be a mistake on the part of chroniclers, for Bahauddin Walad left Balkh in 609 or 610, while Fakhruddin Razi died in Herat at 606 uh, Hijri, uh, where he had been residing before he died. Another biographer of Jaladin Rumi, Badiyu Zaman, uh, Faroz Anfar, uh, whose book uh, entitled uh, 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 The Life of Mulana Jaladin Muhammad, has been published recently in Iran, also subscribes to the above-mentioned view of the Qadi. Talamuz Hussein, who had uh, uh, expressed the view that this man might have been uh, Sayyid Bahauddin Razi, who was uh, a courtier of the Khurazm Shah, uh, who had been mentioned in the Tabaqat in uh, Nasiri, uh, meaning the, the, the jealous scholar. Uh, and then in the second footnote, uh, um, the warning that the Tatar hordes, the Mongol hordes, would invade after he left. Uh, Badil Zaman, uh, 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 Farazan Far, uh, 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 has expressed the view that it is possible that the real cause of Bahauddin Walad's migration was, in fact, the impending danger of Tatar invasion, the Tatar invasion of Khurasan and Iran, since many other ulama and notable persons were then leaving these countries uh, for other places of safety as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's something that happened. It's known to happen that he left the city and then uh, afterward uh, uh, the entire Khurazmian uh, uh, empire imploded. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it's, I don't think it's an, I don't think it's a coincidence that, that uh, one, one, one thing followed the other and Allah knows best. Arrival in Konya. 
Alauddin Kaikubad, uh, the then Sultan of Rum, uh, sent for and requested Bahauddin Walad to come to his capital where he arrived in uh, uh, 626 after Hijra. I don't know if this is the same Alauddin, Alauddin Kaikubad who uh, uh, built um, the Jamia Masjid of Konya, which is named after him or, or not. Um, but, uh, you know, the Seljuk kings, uh, Seljuk sultans uh, uh, ruled uh, this area. And, uh, um, he, you know, the, the, the person is very well known. The sultan himself went to receive Bahauddin and became his disciple along with his chiefs. In Konya, Bahauddin resided in a local college and died there uh, after two years in 628 Hijri. Rumi accompanied, accompanied his father throughout the latter's journey from Balkh, um, and he was 22 years of age when he arrived in Konya. Uh, impressed by Bahauddin's profound knowledge and erudition, uh, the sultan's teacher, uh, Sheikh Badruddin Gohar Tash founded a college named the Madrasai Khuda Vandigar for him and endowed it richly uh, for its maintenance. Uh, um, and this is, he quotes Aflaki for this uh, uh, biographical note. Sultan Alauddin Kaikubad had a, a great uh, regard for Bahauddin Walad, and when the Sultan had erected the fort of Konya, he invited Bahauddin Walad to mount the terraced roof of the fort, uh, thence to survey the walls and towers. After his inspection, Bahauddin uh, remarked to the Sultan, Against the floods and enemy horses you have raised a goodly defense, but what protection have you built against those unseen arrows and the sighs and moans of the oppressed which pass through a thousand walls and battlements and sweep the whole uh, sweep whole worlds into destruction. Go and erect a citadel of justice and equity, for that alone can ensure uh, the peace of the world. Again, uh, the, the quote is attributed to a, a biographical note by Aflaki. After the death of Bahauddin Walad Rumi was rain, raised to occupy the seat of his father by the Sultan of Konya, on the advice of uh, the scholars and disciples of the departed teacher. Rumi uh, thus started teaching in the college and preaching to the people in place of his father. Later, Sayyid Burhanuddin, the tutor during his childhood who had migrated to Tirmiz, came back to Konya. Uh, Rumi received instruction in the mystic, uh, in the mystic tradition from Sayyid Burhanuddin, who uh, lived in Konya for nine years and then died there in 637 Hijri. Travel for further education. In 630, Rumi went forth to Syria for further education. He arrived in Halab, uh, where Sultan uh, al-Malika Zahir, uh, Zahir had uh, established on the advice of Qadi Bahauddin ibn Shaddad uh, several colleges uh, in 591 Hijri, which made Halab also a reputed uh, place of learning like Damascus, which it remained until it was desolated uh, in the Syrian civil war by the Iranians and Russians and the uh, Syrian regime. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save our people from the yoke of oppression uh, of, of the Zalimin and, and twisted people. Amin. In Halab, Rumi stayed in the Madrasa uh, Halawiya and uh, uh, received education from Kamaluddin ibn Adim. Uh, although Rumi was uh, uh, although Rumi was uh, receiving education at Halab, uh, difficult juristic questions were referred to him for a solution. Sipah Salar reports that Rumi uh, not only furnished a solution for all such problems, but also gave reasons which were not to be found in, uh, in existing books. 
Rumi uh, went to Damascus from Halab to uh, and dwelt in the Madrasa uh, uh, Maqdasiya. Uh, the Maqdasiya, you know, the the Maqadisa uh, Ibn Qudama, Banu Qudama, they moved to Damascus uh, when uh, unseated by from their ancestral lands in Palestine um, by the uh, by the Crusaders, um, and they, you know, their coming was like a revival of many sciences, in particular the Hanbali Madhab and the uh, study of Hadith. That uh, 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 he, Rumi went to Damascus from Halab and dwelt in the Madrasa Mahdisiyah. In Damascus, uh, reports Sipah Salar, Rumi used to confer with Sheikh Muhyuddin Ibn Arabi and Sheikh Saaduddin Hamawi, uh, Sheikh Uthman Rumi, Sheikh Ohaduddin uh, uh, Kirmani and Sheikh Sadruddin Kunawi. Uh, in 634 or 635, Rumi returned to Konya and uh, resumed the profession of teaching. He continued to do so till the death of his mentor, Sayyid Burhanuddin, uh, uh, in 637. Soon thereafter, Sheikh Muhyiddin ibn Arabi died in uh, uh, Damascus in 638. And a number of scholars and mystics moved on from Damascus uh, to seek the company of uh, Rumi and Konya. Sheikh Sadruddin and a large number of other scholars whose hearths and homes had been destroyed by the Mongols were too seeking refuge in Konya, which had thus attracted quite a large number of celebrated scholars and doctors of faith reputed for their learning and piety. Rumi, still busy in teaching at the madrasa where he is reported to have uh, had more than 400 uh, students under his tutelage, uh, was... Uh, uh, head and shoulders above all the other scholars present. The other pursuits of Rumi beside teaching were preaching in meetings held for the purpose and given, giving a juristic opinion on questions referred to him. Fifteen dinars were fixed to him, uh, as it is reported as a remuneration for this public service. He was also so particular in this regard that he had instructed his attendants to inform him immediately on the receipt of questions eliciting juristic opinions uh, even if he were in a devotional seclusion or trance, and to take di dictation for uh, sending reply. So basically, he was he was a mufti, and he was the mufti of Konya. He was a Hanafi mufti of Konya, uh, and this is uh, something that I think a lot of people in America are surprised to know because they somehow believe he's a heterodox figure, and uh, really, unfortunately, many clueless Muslims also think he's some sort of heterodox heterodox figure, which is uh, uh, couldn't be further from the truth. Rumi turns to uh, mysticism. Here, this word mystic and mysticism it talks about spirituality, the soul. It's not, I mean, the word itself sounds kind of like hokey in English, but uh, it's a translation for, for, for spiritual things. Rumi spent his days uh, in this manner until 642, when an incident completely transformed his life and turned him from Jalaluddin Konui to Mulana Yerum. Uh, uh, this was his meeting with uh, Shams Tabrez, uh, a, a, and his devotion and adoration of the latter. Molana himself said, The Lord of Rum uh, did not become a learned sage until he had become a slave of Shams Tabrez. Shams Tabrez, Muhammad bin Ali bin Malik Dad uh, was his name, but he was, const he was commonly known as uh, Shams Tabrez. Shams from the city of Tabriz in, in Iran. Uh, his ancestry is shrouded in mystery, and the place to which he belonged also is not known with certainty. Of the many charges leveled against him, one was that he uh, belonged to an unknown descent. Uh, 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 
he's of unknown descent. It was said of him, uh, "Who is he, and what is his what 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 was his father? Does anyone know? Does anyone know where he comes from?" He is reported to have been gifted with a keen intellect and a fervor of love uh, since his very childhood. It has been related uh, in Manaqib al-Arifin that while still young, he often remained so immersed in love of the Prophet ﷺ that he would not feel the pangs of hunger for 30 or 40 days. And people like find this type of stuff really hard to believe, but there are a lot of people who really love the Prophet ﷺ a lot. And uh, if you just like kind of hang out in America at the mall or whatever, you may not like ever see those people or know. But um, there are like literally people that their love of Rasulullah has an effect on their disposition. I personally have never seen somebody who uh, the effect is such that it you know causes them not to want to eat for 30 or 40 days. But I understand what it means to see people who love Rasulullah so much that it affects their disposition. And it's not something, unfortunately, common in this part of the world. After he had mastered the exoteric sciences, he became a disciple of the Sheikh Abu Bakr, the basket maker. Some chroniclers report that he had taken Sheikh Zainuddin Sanjasi as his spiritual mentor, while the names of certain other mystics have been mentioned in other reports. Maybe he received a grounding in the mystic lore from all of these at some time or another. Not content with the esoteric teachings of the path he uh, had had from his uh, tutors, that there's a mystic teaching, but there's a formal mystic teaching, and then there's a uh, uh, an esoteric, a mystic, mystic teaching. So not content with the formal mystic teaching in the path. Um, he had from his tutors, Shams Tabriz took to extensive travels in various lands in search of the best spiritual teacher and thus gained the nickname of Parinda. Uh, meaning the, the, the bird. In his travels, he took care to conceal his own spiritual attainments. Pretending to be a wealthy merchant, he wore a black felt and always bolted the doors of his room in the inn with a costly lock, although uh, there was nothing inside except for a tattered mat. He traveled in this way to Tabrez, Baghdad, uh, Jordan, Rome, uh, Qaysariya, and Damascus. He used to weave strings uh, with which Trousers are fastened, uh, which is what the izar band. Those of you who wore a Pakistani shalwar, it's basically a a, a, a waistband that you put inside of your sirwal. Uh, it's not as complicated as a belt, but it's uh, something similar. He used to weave these waistbands, uh, 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 and, and this was enough to meet his frugal expenses, the money he got from selling them. Uh, which is not, again, you're not going to make a lot of money by that. He lived for one year in Damascus where he did not take more than a cup of soup in a week. He often, If I didn't see Murabit, mashallah, only eat once a week, uh, uh, I wouldn't have thought this was possible. Rahimahullah ta'ala a'alallahu darajati. Ameen. He often prayed to God for a companion with whom he could share the mysteries of divine love. The meeting of Shams Tabrez and Rumi. The spiritual mentor of Shams Tabrez, it is related, asked him to proceed to Rum, uh, meaning uh, Asia Minor, Anatolia, and illuminate a broken-hearted soul yearning for divine love. He accordingly reached Konya on the 26th of Jamad al-Akhir in 642 uh, Hijri and engaged a lodging at an inn. One day he saw Rumi coming by riding on a mule in the midst of a crowd of students and disciples accompanying him on foot. 
Shamstabrez stepped forward and asked Rumi, What is the object of learning in prayer? It is to know, replied Rumi, the Sharia and its tenets. No, rejoined Shamstabrez. The object uh, is to attain what is knowable. Thereafter, he recited this couplet of Hakim Sanai, who was also a very famous uh, Sufi poet of the Persian language. He, therefore, he, thereafter, he recited this couplet of Hakim Sanai. Compared to that knowledge, ignorance is better, which allows yourself to remain as it were. Rumi was lost in amazement. He had taken to heart the remark of Shamstabrez. Rumi uh, now took Shamstabrez home with him. They remained close together, reports Aflaki, for 40 days where nobody could enter. Sipah Salar, uh, another biographer of Rumi, writes that both remained in holy communion for six months in a room where none dared to enter except for Sheikh Salahuddin. The company of Shamstabrez opened a new vista uh, uh, of the hidden realm uh, to the view of Rumi who now felt a trenchant urge to grasp the mysteries of earth and heaven. Uh, through spiritual illumination. Rumi says in a couplet, Shams Tabrez was it who led me to the path of reality, for the faith I have is simply his bounty. Rumi had so long been a profound scholar and a successful teacher. Disciples and students, many of them scholars and mystics, always gathered around him in large numbers to drink at the fountain of learning. But now he himself became a pupil of Shams Tabrez. Sultan Walad, the son of Rumi, uh, says the Sheikh himself turned a probationer. He began to learn his lessons afresh, anew, sitting at the feet of his mentor. Although perfect uh, he was in ascetic lore, he had begun taking lessons once more. Rumi also acknowledged it in these lines, A mendicant I was, and you made me a libertine, a source of tumult intoxicated with wine. Revered I was as a doctor of religion, and you have turned me into a sport for children. Uh, the result was that Rumi abandoned teaching as well as sermonizing. He says, like Mercury, had I ledgers of mine, uh, upon which I devoted much time. Uh, lo, no sooner did I glance at the forehead of the cupbearer, so intoxicated I began, became that I broke my pen. So obviously, uh, this is like a really big scandal that the like Grand Mufti of Konya, um, who people would flock to f- to answer questions, who used to answer the questions of the big de- Muftis of Damascus um, while a student, uh, and the person for whom the, the Seljuk Sultan himself fixed like uh, a, uh, a grand professorship and madrasa for him to teach, um, for him to now spend all of his time with this kind of unknown dervish-like figure uh, from the East uh, who doesn't even seem to be all that learned in the, in, the, in the formal sciences. It was a scandal. It was a scandal. It was a scandal in the town. The students were wondering what the hell is going on. The other ulama are probably wondering what was going on. And uh, it's just a complete, it's something that really nobody could come to terms with. But at the same time, you could see how somebody like that, you know, who's a genius, who's a very... Um, learned person and who was uh, a person who was just giving, giving, giving all the time. How that person could be very lonely and how they were looking for meaning. And, you know, the spark of, of, of ikhlas and sincerity and enlightenment, if you saw him, saw it in, 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 uh, uh, in, in Shams Tabriz, um, the thrill of being able to learn something and get something new that you haven't had before must have been overwhelming. And so the... Uh, uh, 
the metaphor of intoxication and of wine would be very appropriate for somebody who is looking for something so long and just giving, giving, giving from himself to others and others, everybody is taking from him and they loved him, uh, but they would take from him and nobody had anything that could uh, fulfill him uh, himself, that when he at long last, after so long, found something like that again, that it must have thrilled him. So uh, at this point, inshallah, uh, I think it's a good place to stop. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq uh, to, uh, inshallah, ourselves work hard, exert ourselves to learn everything we can know through normal means. Um, and it's really my belief that the person who does that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wh- whoever exerts their, themselves to better themselves and to, to better their, increase their knowledge and increase their taqwa and, and, and purify their heart and to do all the good stuff they're supposed to do, whoever expends themselves completely in order to do those things uh, as much as possible through normal means, once they meet the end of their, their abilities, uh, then Allah ta'ala will continue to, um, to, to, to give them increase through uh, supernatural and uh, abnormal means. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhum.